In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Cleveland, it's game day. It's finally here. Well, actually, it's been a quite a short week. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, I'm actually off to an NFL game today. Um, I'm going to see the Panthers versus the Bucks because I've got mates that support both teams. So uh, shout out to like Murph from Five Yard Rush, who's been on a few times. Going to go see him. Um, got mates who are Panthers fans. So uh, no, it should be a cracking day out. And it's the early game this time so uh, it should mean I at least get towards the end of the Browns game even if it's not the whole thing Excellent and uh, how you get into the game are you going to go via train or tube or Yeah just straight after we finish this I'm going to go get the train into London meet my mates in Spoons have a, a bit of grub and get the train then up from Liverpool Street to uh, what is it Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever, whatever it's called I've been told there's uh, train problems today on that line. But anyway, we're not a train podcast. We're a Browns podcast. So uh, last quick question or to you about the predictions at the NFL Spurs Stadium. What do you think the score's going to be today? I'm predicting a Bucks win. Um, I'm going to go 23-20 to the Bucks. Mm. Any ex-Browns players going to be there today, you think? Perryman, I believe, is still I on. I think he's out. Yeah. Um, I think he's out, though. He's out. Um, oh, Cole Nassib, obviously. Um, not my guy um, for this front office, but uh, he's doing fantastic work. Um, who else have we got? I think there might be another couple of more. There's so many names bounce around. Okay, great. Well, let's ask the more important question. What is your score prediction for the Browns versus the Seahawks? Um, we're up against the best performing quarterback in the league this year, according to PFF. Um, I think it's going to be, I'm going to say 30-23 to the Seahawks. I just, I I don't, I think it's a short week. I just, I don't like where the team's at at the minute. I still think we'll make the playoffs. Um, but I just, they need to get their heads sorted and uh, there's not enough time to fix the problems that were there the other day. Um, there are some certain weaknesses the way the Seahawks play because despite having the best QB performing in the league, um, they run the ball too much. They run on first and second down, which is awful. Um, Freddie Kitchens is now leading the league in uh, running the ball on second and long, which is a horrendous thing to do. Um, so, yeah, there, there's definitely some improvement on our end. Um, but we're going to see that after the New England game, um, not this early. <clears throat> I'm going with a 28-24 Browns win. And it wouldn't surprise me if we do win, because if you look at the Seahawks, they winning games by one or two points against teams like the Bengals, I think the Steelers, I think the Rams. They haven't been comfortably blowing those teams out, so it wouldn't surprise me. I just... I think they're going to be slightly better. Their coverage is really poor. So 
they've given up a lot of catches, so we need to start slinging the ball. Um, they're going to be more protected for the run because they play three linebacker sets a lot. So we need to be slinging the ball. We need to get it open. And here, here's my prediction for the day. OBJ is going to have a massive breakout game um, for the Browns. And the reason why I know that is because I've benched him in a couple of fantasy leagues. Mate, no one can bench OBJ, mate. Surely you've got to pick him. No, I've got, I've, I've got like DJ Shark, um, who's come in in one PPR league. Um, I've got players that are banging in 15 points a week. So, yes, yeah, uh, I've not dropped him. He, he's going to come back. And I think the second half of the season, he'll be whacking in sort of 15 point averages each week, um, if not more. So he, he's going to be valuable. I just think Seahawks, Patriots, I'll probably bench him and then he'll come back after that. What about Higgins? Do you think he'll um, play today? It was the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen this week when Freddie Kitchens said Rashad Higgins is healthy and will play on Sunday if he's active. What on <laughs> earth is he thinking? And I tweeted, I quote tweeted that and I said, I'm sick of Browns head coaches doing Hugh Jackson things. And that is honestly one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. It's a bit like going, oh, we might play Baker Mayfield, we might not. Why are you throwing that stuff out there? It just makes no sense. Rashad Higgins, we saw on that first drive to open the season, was a massive part of that cooking in the offense he went out and then everything went awful so we need the guy back um he needs to play and he will change what we do on the team um baker loves throwing at him um it's his safety blanket so we need higgins back and if he is a healthy scratch i I might have to question whether we if dorsey got the move wrong in hiring freddie kitchens because there is no reason higgins should ever be a healthy scratch unless it's week 17 and we've already wrapped up the playoffs yeah makes sense what about uh, Grady Williams and Ward do you think uh, Debbie, we'll see him today um, I think they might both be active whether they're going to start or they'll start them and then maybe pull them out um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's, it's difficult to know um, I, th- I would like to see Ward um, just to match up with Tyler Lockett. Um, but it's one of those, if they're not fully fit, don't risk them because the last thing we want is they're out for four weeks because they come back too, slightly too early and re-aggravate an injury. So um, no, I, I think it's sort of 50-50. And we might see them for some of the game and then they might not be there. So um, Tyler Lockett is a fantastic wide receiver. Anything we can do to keep him quiet will be greatly appreciated. Yeah, who do you think would be a better match anyway for the Seahawks wide receivers if everyone was healthy? Would it be Ward and Greedy or would um, Mitchell and TJ Carey be a better uh, matchup? Um, so in terms of Lockett, I, I think our best bet is to put Denzel Ward on Lockett. In terms of DK Metcalf, I'm tempted to go with TJ Carey. And I only say that because go back to the Falcons game last year where... TJ Carey didn't shut down Julio Jones, but he limited him to, I think it was under 100 yards, no TDs, and he wasn't in sort of the important parts of the game. So I'd be tempted to just throw TJ Carey on um, Metcalf just because he's, he's physical, he's a bit bigger, and he can beat him up, um, and then put Ward on Lockett, um, and then you can just play around um, the rest of their receiving call. There's no massive names, but at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is a phenomenal quarterback. Um, 
So anytime he's launching the ball up, it's going to create issues. Something that you mentioned midweek to me, I'm not sure this is the podcast we should be doing it on. We can give it a go is, do you think, Jack, the OBJ trade was good or not? So looking at the whole thing, so packaging OBJ and Vernon into one deal um, and looking at that, I understand the theory because the upside of having a player like OBJ is phenomenal. And in all honesty, our offense and defense, no one's, it's not really shining yet to the potential they can do. So it's not like the whole team's being awesome and OBJ is not playing great. No one's really playing great on offense. Um, but just looking back at the names and I thought, let's, let's just sort of dig out the names and look at where we're being. I'm not using hindsight to go back and go, oh, this is the player we should have got because they've started playing really well. I'm just purely using the names that I was throwing out back then. Um, and you can go find my tweets. These are players I made a case for or on the podcast I was making the case for. So rather than having OBJ and Vernon, here's the five names we could have had instead. Five, sorry, six names we could have had instead. So we could have had right guard Kevin Zeitler, which I think would be a big addition. And it keeps that middle of the pocket safe. Um, which allows Baker to drive up the pocket and throw the ball rather than scrambling round because he feels some pressure. Because I think Kush is okay. Um, he's, not, he's not fantastic, but he, he just does a job. We'd have had Jabril Peppers, um, which means a big boost to our secondary. He was the best safety on the Browns last year. Demarius Randall had a lot of sexy highlights and things. Jabril Peppers actually played better. We'd have wide receiver... Rashad Perryman still on the team, who obviously in the second half of last season, good connection with Baker. He left because Beckham came in and he knew he wouldn't get touches. So the team let him go. So it was not, he's not going to be as good as OBJ, but he's a serviceable starter wide receiver. With the 17th pick, I would have drafted Andre Dillard, offensive tackle. Um, and then that means we could have cut or traded Craig Robinson. So we'd definitely be a lot stronger on the O-line and have a player locked in that could potentially be a fantastic starting offensive tackle um, for years to come. With the 95th pick, um, I was between two players and I can understand either way here. Um, you've got offensive tackle Kajust, um, who I really liked, and safety Gardner Johnson. So there's the two options with each of those you could have gone with. And I'm open to either. I'd don't really have that much a strong opinion on one versus the other. I would like to have another tackle in there because I'm already um, up for just getting rid of both of our tackles that are starters this year. And the other one was free agent Trey Flowers. Um, for me, he's a better player than Olivia Vernon. And you don't have to give up a player like Kevin Zeitler to get him because he was a free agent and open on the market. You obviously got Shaq Barrett, who's doing wonderful things, but he wasn't a player I was making that much of a case for. So I'm not going to throw it out there. But if you give me the choice of those six players or those two players, I've always been risk averse. There's massive salary cap benefits to having rookies in there. Um, people like Peppers on his rookie deal. I'm taking the six over the two all day long. Um, and for me, it's a move. I, I question the OBJ and uh, the, the Vernon one I didn't like at all. The OBJ one I wasn't sure on, but I could definitely see the upside to having a player like that on your roster. It's a difficult one that you look at that and I go, actually, give me the six players. And give me a secure future offensive tackle and the O-line. We could be having a really, really good time there. And it might take slightly longer. Um, 
but you make a move like Beckham and Vernon because you're going to win a try win a Super Bowl this year and we aren't in a position to win a Super Bowl this year and for me that's probably the biggest failure of that trade um you go all in when you add players like Vernon and Beckham and fans are right to expect it because John Dorsey is making moves going we will win this season and we're going to win a Super Bowl on Baker's rookie deal and he's not delivered so for me the trade doesn't make sense in the time frame unless you're planning to win a Super Bowl this year which from everything we've seen is not where the team's at. Well um, Perryman's out injured so I think we can take him out of the equation. But, but anyone could be out injured at the end of the day. Okay. Don't judge it purely on injuries because Beckham could go down tomorrow and you're not saying, oh, trading for OBJ was a bad deal because he got injured. Um, Perryman doesn't have a sort of rich history of injuries. Um, OBJ has had quite a few injuries. So I, I wouldn't use injuries as sort of a, this is why you should have done this deal or not done this deal. Yeah, okay. Um, Peppers... Yeah, it would be great still to have. Zeitler could support um, Beck, uh, Baker a little bit better. But I don't know. I think there's still a lot of upside potentially to have with Beckham. What about the cap space, for example? Would we be better off if we uh, still had the uh, Peppers and didn't have OBJ? Oh, uh, much, much better off. Um, because in if you're looking at the deal... Of Trey Flowers versus Vernon's basically the same cost um, because you've got the dead cap that comes with that deal. Um, and then rather than Beckham, you're looking at, you're getting rid of Greg Robinson because you're bringing in a rookie. So that's sort of 5 million saved this year, but you're also then saving that down the road. Perryman's on a cheap contract. Peppers was on a cheap contract. Another rookie in there, either your right tackle or safety, a youngster coming through, so you don't need to pay someone else. So cap-wise, just in that season's probably break even, but long-term there's the savings because Peppers stays cheap. Um, and then two draft picks are obviously on cheap deals for four years. Well, guys, let us know how you feel. If you agree with Jack or disagree with Jack, we're going to have a deeper conversation about this, an adult conversation versus saying Jack's crazy for saying it or whatever. <laughs> Everyone's got their own opinion, so uh, let's know what you think. Yeah. Did you see the news about a big retirement for the Browns coming up? I didn't see it. Ooh. I reckon deserves to go in the ring of honour. It's the final run for Swagger, the dog, today ah, he's done it five years I believe yeah he's done his five years so his son SJ is taking over so it's his final run today um, so uh, well done Swagger I was thinking then who it could it be Joel Petonio or uh... okay yep it's the dog There's... I don't know it could be Jimmy Haslam I think he'll give the company to his son-in-law at some point yep it will happen. There's one trade name that I want to throw out there, and he's been linked to the Patriots. And that is tight end OJ Howard. Um, he has not had a good year um, at Tampa, uh, and it's partly because he's just not getting used in the offense the way he should be. He is still a fantastic talent that I would love to add. 
And I think we should definitely be in those trade conversations because whatever the Patriots are going to offer, we can offer slightly better than that. We've, we've got enough sort of picks and things we can move around. We need to improve the tight end position. And if you're going to play a base 12 offense all the time, then and that's one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, then you may as well have two world-class top 10 in the league wide receivers. So for me, I'll be picking up the phone to Tampa Bay and going, what's the price for OJ Howard? Let us know. And I would, I would definitely consider it if, if the price is going to be, say, a cornerback, Terrence Mitchell, carry someone in there and then get something else, um, pick some players. We can definitely do those style of deals. Um, I, I, I want to see what that price is because if I can have an offense that has OJ Howard and Njoku out there, sort of 75% of the time each, those two guys are going to feast. Baker loves throwing at tight ends. And I would put that on par with the Gronk plus Hernandez. Um, two tight end sets the Patriots were using, which were just phenomenal. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I, if I'm John Dorsey, I'm getting on the phone to the Bucks, finding out what that price is, and I'm probably going to pay it. Um, so I don't think it's a move we end up making as a team. But if Freddie wants to play 12 personnel, get that guy. Okay, forget about player trading. What draft picks would you be willing to give up for him? Just a pure draft pick. I'd go up to a second rounder. Okay. Uh, I, I just, at the end of the day, I think he's an incredible talent and we need to improve the tight end position. So you get him in this year and you're getting that benefit because you're doing it before the trade deadline of you've got the whole of this year where you're making a playoff push and Njoku might not be back for a little while. So he comes in straight away. And then when the pair are there, wow. That's all I'm going to say. Just wow. Who, um, who went first? Remind me, because I remember they were being drafted at similar times. OJ Howard went first. Um, I'm just going to pull up where. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of hype around the pair of them. And... They're so both in their third year. So you've got this year, another year, and then you've got the fifth year option. And the tight end position in terms of salary cap is still really cheap. The reason for that is where Rob Gronkowski was the best in the league. He always took relatively team-friendly deals and that just pushes the entire market down because when you're the best in the business and you're taking friendly deals, it just ruins everyone else's earning potential. And to be fair, you don't get that quarterback position, but everywhere else, it takes an impact. So, 2016 draft? Am I in the wrong one? 2016, I think it was, yeah. Um, no, it wasn't 16, it was the next one. 17. 17. So, just pulling that up now. Player selections. So, uh, tight end. OJ Howard went 19th to the Buccaneers. Evan Ingram went 23rd to the Giants. And then David Njoku went 29th to the Browns. Evan Ingram's much more of a uh, receiving tight end than the other two. Um, he's basically just a giant slot receiver. But um, yeah, two sort of first round tight ends. You tie them up to long deals as well because the two top 10 tight ends are usually about the same price as one top 10 wide receiver in terms of salary cap so they're cheap 
and they are phenomenal impact makers. Baker will love them in the red zone. And that's one place the Browns really need to get better, red zone offense. So um, I would love to see that move. And uh, last question, Jack. I saw that we uh, signed a callback yesterday. Yes. Um, do you have his name there? No, it could have been even Friday, mate. Um, I've been offline at a wedding, so uh, there was not a lot of wedding, uh, not a lot of Wi-Fi or reception where I was. So uh, I'm kind of a day behind with all the uh, Browns news. But yeah, let me just have a quick look. I've got it here. Look. So Derek Willey's um, tour is ACL and he's moved to IR, which freed up a roster spot on the practice squad. Um and it's Eric Dungey, D-U-N-G-E-Y. I think it's Dungey. If it's spelt somewhere else, then I apologize. He's played at um, Syracuse. Um, he's, he's mobile-ish, so he can run. He's not a running quarterback as such, but he can scramble and do things. Slightly a bit more mobile than um, David Blau, who we had earlier in the season. It's always going to be the case that um, we're looking for a third wide receiver on the roster. And there's a few different reasons for that. Is One, obviously, everyone knows Baker's your starter. You've got a backup there in Gilbert. But you, you need that third quarterback because you want someone else learning your playbook. And as we've seen from teams around the league, there's been a lot of quarterback injuries this year. Um, some teams like the Steelers have played their third quarterback. The Jets have done it as well. Um, the Redskins have done it. So you're getting lots of these players um, playing. So you want to be prepared with that third one because the last thing you want is um, quarterback one goes down injured. You sign someone then on the, um, say, Tuesday. You're then trying to prepare them for a game on Sunday to be back up. And that's one part of it. So it's having that third person that's learning the playbook and sort of getting their head in it. The other one is all about practicing because you've got your first team, your second team, and your scout team. So first team is just your starters. Second team is obviously the second team. It's the backups. And then your scout team's basically the opposition. So um, what that first team defense is using and training against just to prepare their mind and do certain things. So he can come in and he, he can help the team out. So it was always going to be a case of a third QB. They've probably just been searching around and hadn't found the right guy yet. Um, I don't look at the um, – there's lists come out. I don't know whether they're official or through some people of like all the players that get worked out. And I'm, I guess there would have been loads of QBs on those lists the last few weeks since Stanton went to IR. And they've obviously just found the right guy. And he's never going to probably play a snap for the Cleveland Browns, but he is going to be a useful player behind the scenes and um, help out. Well, excellent. Well, Jack, thanks for the uh, recap. It's nice to be back online. I've had a nice time in Newcastle at a wedding, and now I'm in Ibiza. So, um, yeah, I can't wait till six o'clock, no, seven o'clock in Spain to watch the game. I'm going to watch it on my laptop in my hotel room. I'm going to be very sober and really enjoy the experience. Uh, it, it should be a cracking game. It will be exciting. You're going to watch one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and anything can happen with the Browns right now. Um, it's as likely to be sort of a, a blowout as we go and win by 20 points. So anything could happen. Um, it's going to be exciting. Well, Jack, we've got a great week of podcasts ahead. We've got uh, Chris McNeil, Relog, coming on. 
Tony Grossi is still in the talks, so trying to get him on. I know a few people are going to be upset or happy that he's coming on. Probably more upset, to be honest. And, um, yeah, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>